Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, so Lombardi Line, as we welcome you back here, and again, happy holidays, happy new year, January 2nd, 2023, Michael Lombardi there, I'm Patrick Maher, this is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, interesting stat on Monday night tonight in Cincy, you could have some rain later in the game, but I think most meteorologists are calling for the rain after the game, light winds, very good temperatures, as you mentioned there in Jersey, Michael. It's in the 60s, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Also, it's very rare to have a game of this caliber on primetime this late in the season. Over the last 20 years, we've only seen eight primetime matchups of a team with an 80-plus win percentage face a team with a 73-plus win percentage in December or later. So, again, to get this type of marquee matchup is very unique this late in the year. And, you know, at 1 o'clock East Coast time, 10 o'clock for you, Patrick, it's two and a half across the board everywhere. I mean, yep. this line has gone up to two and a half. I don't think it's going to get to three, but it's two and a half, or it might get to three plus some juice. I mean, you know, I'm looking at it says it's 91% confident that it might go up there, but I think there's obviously there's a, either some syndicates or somebody pushing this number up. It's funny, you know, we everybody has different boards they look at and, and certainly go for the betting splits, but – it seems to me like people just feel like Buffalo is going to play. Cincinnati has been so disrespected, I think, on this win streak. I really do. I mean, remember when they were down in Tampa? You know, when they went down to Tampa, I think they were like, you know, nobody was really going to give them, you know, I think Tampa was, uh, they were only a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Tampa down there. I'm going to get yep. you that number here. I have it right here because I was shocked that that number was, was there, what it was. Yep, it was three-and-a-half, three and and yeah. 
Yep. It was three and a half. But I mean, like, then there was another game where they were they were like, I'm just trying to look at it here. I mean, well, they were three you know, and a half against Pittsburgh. They were three and a half against Tampa. They were three and a half against uh, Cleveland. Remember, it was like that run of four straight games of the same number. Right. And, and, you know, and look, they beat Kansas City at home. I mean, they did. You know, they beat Kansas City at home and they were able to do that. They were I think they were even a dog to Tennessee, Patrick. I think if they were, it was a one point. They might have been a one point favorite. Cincinnati was a point and a half favorite in the game. Yep. Think about that. Yep. How how far we have traveled, right? So, and they've been on this win streak now. You know, last week they turned the ball over against the Patriots, and they let the Patriots get in the back door and slip it in. And uh, they had three turnovers, which really were costly. And I think Lyle Collins at right tackle, they lost him in the game. This is going to be an interesting. Now, Buffalo doesn't have Von Miller either. But, you know, this is a game where if Burrow gets protection, I think he can throw the football. We saw the Jets move the ball on Buffalo fairly well, and they ran the ball. They didn't run it enough. We saw Miami run the ball on Buffalo. This is what makes it, to me, seem somewhat strange that everybody's playing the Bills tonight because, for me, like when I watch the Bills, you know, I I know that Miami rushed for 188. The Jets only ran for 76, but they could have run for more. And I didn't think, you know, I mean, they – I didn't think they played a great game last week against Chicago. I know they covered. They turned the ball over three times last week against Chicago. Motivation is sky high. The Bengals can clinch the North tonight with a win at home against the Bills. Again, the Bills are battling the Chiefs and, frankly, uh, the Bengals for that number one seed and home field advantage throughout the postseason. So, again, the Bills would have to beat the Bengals tonight and beat the Patriots if the Chiefs were to beat the Raiders next week. So, again, motivation there for the bills there for the Bengals. the one thing i would throw to you now again since the hottest team in football they've won straight they've covered in all seven of those wins they've covered 12 of their last 13 michael lombardi they did fall behind 17 nothing to tampa bay came back and covered uh they almost gave up a 22 nothing lead against the patriots so i'm just k- digging for reasons that backers right now yeah. and again it's up to two and a half are betting the bills yeah, I mean, I could see it, you know, and I think that offensive line injury has a lot to do with it, right? I think there's no doubt that that has something to do with it. Plus, you know, since he has not been very effective of being willing to run the football, right? They, they don't really want to run. I mean, they, they don't want to use Mixon. I mean, when they, they seem to be, you know, they're 21st in the league in rushing attempts. They're 29th in yards per carry, right? They put a lot on Joe Burrow's plate. And when you put a lot on Joe Burrow's plate, that offensive line, which was not playing well at the beginning of the year, has to start to play, and it was playing better, but now you lose one of your best linemen in the right tackle. Now, all of a sudden, are you still as good as you think you are in the line? And to me, they have to be better than the 29th yards per attempt team in the league running the football today. They just have to be because you're not going to beat Buffalo by getting into a, a shootout with them. You've got to be able to control the pace of the game. You've got to be able to handle it. And they're going to start a, you know, a young kid at right tackle, and we'll see if he can hold up. By the way, I've got 120 juice at Circa on Buffalo on the two and a half. What does that mean for new betters? Remember, standard vigorish is 110. Once it starts to go north, you're heading up to three. Michael brought up a great point. If it goes to three, what do you think is going to happen? The, those pros and people are just going to buy the number, and it's going to go back down to two and a half. So, Reason for betting splits, you have to follow these numbers. My assumption is, Michael, although I just saw another book juice up the two and a half, if we get up the three, it's not going to hang out there for very long. No, I'll be all over, I think I'll be all over right. Cincinnati with the three as well. You know, and I think to me, 
the other thing is, since he's the best red zone defense in football, this is where they win. This is how they win. You know, they adjust in the second half. They're a very good second-half defense, and they're a very good red zone defense. They're playing against the best third-down offense in football. They're the ninth-best third-down defense in football. Now, they won't have Sam Hubbard tonight, which hurts. But with Reeder and Hill inside, they have really good players to handle the run. Now, they've got to be able to tackle the big fella, right? A beautiful day like today. You know, it's 60 degrees. Tackling shouldn't be the problem. They've got to get him on the ground. And when they need a play, when you got to have it, Josh Allen's going to run the ball. And when he gets down the goal line, if you don't have somebody on him, it's going to be a problem. You're going to see a lot. Of, listen, both teams can stop the run. This is the Bengals probably need Burrow's arm tonight to carry the offense because the Bills rank four in run defense. And you said they don't have – a tendency to stick to the run. That's one thing with Taylor is he'll come off of that. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, for them with Mixon, and when they spread you out like they do and they force you to play nickel, which you have to because they've got three really good receivers, you know, they should be able to run the ball. you got to pace the game. I think one of the things you've got to be able to do is pace the game, and I think that's going to be critical. You just can't get into a 50-pass game against them. And when you look at what they did against Kansas City, they are able to control the ball. Now, Kansas City played a lot of man-to-man, so it sets up perfectly for what they want to do in Cincinnati. If you're going to play a lot of man-to-man against them, Cincinnati's going to win on the outside. That's why Kansas City is, is always. But remember, when they played Kansas City, they controlled the ball 32 minutes. Right? 32 minutes. And they were able to – they ran the ball 34 times in the game for 152 yards. That's that's what they have to do. Burrow only threw six incomplete passes in that game. Just as far as Mixon, by the way, over at DraftKings, his rush prop is set at 50-and-a-half in this game. Eight times this year he's gone over that number. Five times he's gone under that number. He should be able to get it if, if he does stick to the run because there's going to be such a high expectation of just bombs – with Burrow, so 50-and-a-half on the Joe Mixon rush prop. Well, I mean, look, let's face it. They, they have to be able to they have to be able to run the ball like Miami did. You just can't allow to get into that because you're going to make mistakes. And I think what happens to a lot of teams that play Buffalo is they kind of get they get into what they get behind in the game and all of a sudden, whereas, whereas Miami had a 13-point lead. Miami had a 13-point lead in that game, and, and, and they start and even though they, they had that lead, they kept trying to run the ball. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating matchup tonight. It really, really is because you've got well. When you go back and look at it, though, Pat. When you look at it, okay. So what? What quarterback have the Bills handled well? I mean, when they beat Rodgers twenty-seven seventeen, they the the Packers were not playing well. They played the Jets. The the Jets were they they lose to the Vikings. And you know we saw Kirk Cousins throw for three thirty-four against them, one hundred forty-seven yards, right? That was a back and forth game. It went to overtime. Should have won. They should have won that. They play the Brownies. Okay, the Lions. That you know that was a close game on Thanksgiving Day, and you know the Lions turned the ball over twice in that game. They played New England, no quarterback. The Jets, no quarterback. Miami give up four hundred. So to me, when you break it down the schedule, it's like okay, they had trouble with Cousins. They had trouble with Goff. They're going to have trouble with Burrow on defense tonight. By the way, over at BetMGM, the splits are essentially split right down the middle, handle the betting tickets, it's essentially 50-50, yet we've seen this number jump up to two and a half. I am a little surprised. Again, we're starting to see the juice on the two and a half as well with Buffalo laying it. How about that total, 50 and a half, like you said, 
Weather shouldn't be an issue. It's going to be in the 60s there. 50 and a half on the total. Elevated. We've seen primetime unders yet again this season. But you could see some fireworks. It's the one team, Cincinnati, that can go toe-to-toe offensively. Not the one, but Kansas City can as well. Cincinnati can go toe-to-toe at their best offensively with Buffalo. Well, I mean, look, you got to take away Chase. you got Higgins on the outside. He's six feet four. You got Chase as a big receiver. You got T- Tyler Boyd inside. Hayden Hurst, if he plays tonight, that's another that's another. And then you got Mixon out of the backfield. They have five, they have five elite skill players, you know, where they're they're good yards after the catch. And Burrow makes good decisions. And they have a hot field goal kicker. So those are all good things, especially when you're looking at at, at what do you want to play, how do you want to play this? You know, I, I think that that certainly lends itself to Cincinnati. I, I I just think to me, they have to control the pace of the game. They have to be able to handle that and, and really slow the game down. Which is why I think this under at fifty seems a little small. But I think what the book is saying is they're that they're, they're going to want to wear the clock down. Right now, DraftKings, the Bills Super Bowl winners, they're three and a half to one. The Chiefs are four and a half to one. The Eagles five and a half to one. Michael, the Forty Nine ers six to one. And then sitting there, your fifth betting favorite, the Bengals, at 8-1. to one. So, again, a marquee matchup in primetime tonight. Oh, just as a note, just for you, Michael, you're not going to be happy. To accommodate the Rose Bowl, this game has been kicked back 15 minutes. So pushed back 15 minutes. Your 8-15 start time on the East Coast with Bills Bengals tonight. It's going to kick off at 8-30 tonight. I'm not going anywhere, sure. Patrick. My butt's going to be on the same cushion I'm in every day. I'm not moving. You know, like well, I'm going to go from Rose Bowl to there. I don't want to. Is the volume never vo- well? I got Millie. No, Millie's home. Big Daddy's coming over. I have to have the volume up. Yeah. Oh, BDV is going to be in the house. Yeah. I'm sure he won't talk about Matt Lafleur. When we <laughs> come back, I want to talk about Dayball and the job he's done with the Giants. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes, Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my my dance, bro. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free you're listening to the lombardi line on vsin featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick maher VEASAN pros get the pro tools. By far the most popular pro tool is the betting splits. Money and bets for every game. Updated every 10 minutes directly from DraftKings. Today's games and future events. Make sure you check it out. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to become a pro right now. As we welcome you back, we're talking Patrick. Bills. Yes, sir. Before we get on the Giants, Mike Vrabel just announced that, no surprise, Joshua Dobbs will be the starting quarterback in Jacksonville on Saturday night. Which you pointed out was the reason for the primer last week when we had Malik Willis starting last week. That was Dobbs getting ready for essentially a playoff game down in Jacksonville, correct? Yeah, giving him reps to get him ready to see if they get him going for a playoff game. The line stayed at six and a half because I'm sure just like I I, I thought that it was going to be, you know, going to be Dobbs. 38 and a half seems like a pretty low total here too at six and a half. But I don't think they feel like Jacksonville is going to score. I mean, excuse me, Tennessee is going to score much. So that's Saturday. That is the late game. Tennessee-Jacksonville winner wins the division. Joshua Dobbs has just been announced, as you heard from Michael Lombardi, as the starter for the Titans. Of course, Lawrence, they showed out yesterday against Houston. It's sitting six and a half. Does that number, like you hear six and a half with Jacksonville, what does it immediately tell you? I mean, I, I'm a little reluctant. I, I need to know health of Jackson, health of Tennessee. Is Simmons playing? You know, what's their corner situation look like? You know, uh, I, I is Henry playing? I mean, these are all uh, – we, we assume they are, but where are they? You think they're going to play? Six and a half seems a little heavy to me. It really does. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I mean, there's a Vrabel effect here too that, you know, he's going to do – he's had some time to get ready for the game. So we shall see. But the injury factor I think you got to really take a look at. You know, I think Simmons we- was out last week with the, with the, with the ankle. Bud Dupree was out. You know, where is uh, Traylon Burks with his concussion? You know, there's a ton of injuries on that team. You just got to be able to go through it all. I think what you said was right about Dobbs kind of ramping up against the Cowboys. And frankly, I don't know about you. I thought he looked good. I didn't think he looked great, but I thought he looked good. That was his first start. Patrick, when he completed a pass, it's better than the other guy. I know the other guy should have been a first-round pick. I know the other guy is going to be a dominating starter in the league. I know all that. Right. I get that. I mean, that's the propaganda that came out of draft time. The reality of it is he can't complete a pass. Guys throw for less than 100 yards in three. You can't win like that. I mean, like you've said before, this is one of your lies. I mean, he got pulled in a preseason game mid-series. Right. Statement by Vrabel. 
we now are starting to put the pieces together with Rabel and Robinson trading a right way Brown pulling the kid that Robinson drafted mid series. I I have never seen that. You may have seen it because you watch no, more football I've never than seen I have. It. I've never seen somebody. Get I've never seen it. It's a I've never seen it. But look, he was he was hurting everybody else from having a chance to show what they could do. So he had to take them out. My question is, like I wrote about, I don't know how Robinson went to practice every day and watched Willis practice and say, well, if anything happens to Tannehill, this guy's going to be okay. Like I don't know how he did that. You got to get, and I want to play Greg Penner because you love the clip from the new Denver Bronco owner. We'll play the clip in a second, but you've got to get the head coach right. Okay, so let me explain. You, you go Ben McAdoo, you go Pat Shermer, you go Joe Judge. Joe Judge gives a weird press conference to end the year last year, and I think it forced the Maris hands. They fire him, they bring in Dayball, and the whole entire fortunes of the franchise flips. What is it about Dayball? First playoff appearance since 16. The team is under-talented and undermanned, yet here they go to the postseason. What is it about a guy that you know well in Dayball? Well, I think he did some really good things. First of all, he put together a good staff, right? So he gets Martindale to come in. He doesn't know Martindale, but he hires him to be defensive coordinator. And he gets Mike Kafka, who everybody thought was going to eventually become the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, but then the enemy never got a head coaching job. So he, he, didn't, he wasn't going to wait much longer. So he became a coordinator. And then I think what you have to give him a lot of credit for is they, uh, they were willing to accept what Daniel Jones could and couldn't do. It's like what I said when welcome to uh, come in my office about Zach, about Matt LaFleur. They basically said, we know what Daniel Jones is. We know what he can do. We know what he can't do. So we're going to limit with that. And they've cut down his turnovers. They've cut down his mistakes. They don't ask him to do a lot. They, he complete passes. Yesterday, I think he had four com- incomplete passes the entire day. You know, he still has six fumbles on the season. But the reality of it is, is they built the scheme around his. They didn't come in and say, you have to be Josh Allen. They built the scheme around them, and they built it around Saquon Barkley, and they helped their offensive line, and they hit with their two first-round picks. You know, they get Thibodeau coming off the edge and helps their pass rush. They get Neal to help their offensive line, and they've coached the offensive line a hell of a lot better. See, that was the one area they couldn't get right. They never got the offense right with Garrett. He didn't really know what the offense was. And then their offensive line coach, they were going through line coaches left and right with Judge, and they never got that right. And those two areas are. See, I think people don't understand the valuable, the most, one of the most valuable commodities within an organization. It's one of the reasons the Eagles are so successful. Everybody wants to say Seriati. No, it's Southland, the offensive line coach. That guy makes it so successful. And like Skarnecki in New England, he was responsible for a lot of the success. Bob McKittrick in San Francisco with Bill Walsh. The, the line coach, he doesn't – if you pay the line coach $4 million a year, it's probably not enough if he's a great one, if he's a really good one. He's coaching five guys, and he's got to get them to play really well. So, to and, me, yeah. those moves made the difference for the Giants. And fortuitous, how about having a guy I know you hold in high regard, just having Martindale falling in your lap with the Ravens weirdly making a change at D.C. Now Dayball can say, Wink, you take care of this. I've got to focus on how to become a head coach, and that's just a perfect spot for him. Right, and even though they've never worked together, Martindale's obsessed with game strategy and management, and so that played into what what Dayball wants. So, you know, even though the Giants are not very good, they're good on third down, they're good in the red zone, they're good in the areas that matter towards winning. They may give up a lot of yards, but it's hard to score points on them. You know, and, and it's hard. Now, they're not talented, we know this. But they play hard. They're, they attack the protections within the offensive scheme. They just don't run blitzes to run blitzes. So they're well-coordinated defensively. Then offensively, no matter what the score, 
no matter what the score, they don't change who they are. They stay true to who they are because they have to. They can't change. The reason I bring up Dayball is because Stefanski has a more talented roster. Hackett had a more talented roster. Coaching matters. I mean, it's something it's coaching what you write about, it's, it's daily a, coach. There's no doubt. And that's why they should get paid a lot of money because they're running. Think about it. If the, if the, if the Washington commanders sell for $7 billion and you're running the team, if you're making $4 million on a $7 billion investment, that, you're, you're underpaid. Like if you're in complete control, now the reason is is most people sublet it. They say, "Well, you're the head coach, but we're going to pay according to you know." They, so the co- combination of the four coaches, special teams, offense, defense, you know, that comes up to what it really would be a CEO. But what I think Penner's saying is Penner's saying, "Look, I want somebody who can train the coaches. I want somebody who's going to lead the coaches. I want somebody who's going to lead the organization. I want a complete guy. I'll pay him whatever it takes." And he's right. Pay him twenty million a year on a on a on a five billion dollar investment. Paying a guy who's running your whole company five million a year, ten million a year, twenty million. It's not it, it's not as much as you think it is. It's the Walmart family. We've teased it for a week. You love this clip. It's kind of new age thinking about a head coach. Let's go ahead and roll it. I've worked with a lot of great CEOs, and it starts with uh, really strong leadership. I think that's going to be the most critical factor here in a head coach. Obviously, the X and O's are important, but we need, we need a strong leader for this organization that's focused on winning. That starts with culture. It's instilling uh, a sense of accountability, uh, discipline. And, um, and we need an identity on, on offense. Um, and so, but at, at the starting point, it's got to be about culture and leadership, and, and those characteristics are what we'll be focused on the most. I like that guy. Did yeah. he steal that directly from the Daily Coach? No, I mean, look, he's, he's obviously he's taking his business experience and applying it into what essentially is the job. He's, he's telling you, as Bronco fans, he knows what the job is. Most of these guys that own teams, they don't know what the head coaching job is. They think it's a play caller. They think it's a, you know, an offensive schemer. Like the job of a head coach is is the chief figure out officer. It's to lead the organization. Now, Philly does it differently. Philly has the unique way of handling it because they have a lot of people involved and the alignment between Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman allow this to happen. And then they bring in a coach and he knows his role and he plays within his role. I think that's hard to duplicate because of Roseman and Laurie's relationship is so strong. It's almost father-sonish, so he's never go so that that's never going to get broken. That allows that alignment to stay within there, even though people come and go from Philly left and right. That alignment allows them to stay status, stay in within the framework. Most organizations don't have that. The owners flip on you in a minute, right? They'll change their mind. I, I'm with you now. You know, like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm the owner. Of, I'm Bob McNair. I'm, I'm Cal McNair. I love you, Jack Easterby. No, I don't love you anymore. You now you're fired. You know, it's they change left and right. You can get into the particulars. I'll just say this as a novice: Dayball exudes head coaching vibes, and I know that sounds abstract, but there's some guys that just it feels like you're in good hands. And then, like you said, you round out the staff, and he's rounded out a hell of a staff with the Giants. That team is not really that good. talented. No, and they got and the coaches at the position that matter the most. They have good coaches. The New York Post said Daniel Jones left the Giants, no doubt about an extension. Do you agree? I think at the right price. You know, at twenty-two million a year, I'd say absolutely. At forty, no chance. Okay, there it is. Hell of a job by Dayball. And the Giants as they've wrapped up the sixth seed in the NFC. Our buddy Mike Pritchard, every Monday, 
here on the Lombardi Line. He joins us next. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. VSIN Pros won money this weekend. You can become one now for $79. This takes you through March Madness, so become a VSIN Pro subscriber. $79, you get access to everything we do. Mike Pritchard's going to join. You get his picks, you get Michael Lombardi's picks, you get the look ahead on Friday, you get all the betting guides, you get the tools, including the betting splits, literally everything we do, kitchen sink through. March Madness Plus. Right now, you get 20 bucks for the VEASAN store when you sign up on us. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Michael Lombardi there. We say Happy New Year to you here on the Lombardi line. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We bring in our buddy, Mike Pritchard, of course, former first-round draft pick, our colleague here at VEASAN, NFL Insider. We'll get to Pritch's point, which we like to do. I've got the text, but before we do that, you and Michael were having a very good conversation about Stidham. The impressive part about Stidham, like Michael said, was work in the pocket, not being afraid. I know you cover the Raiders, Pritch. What was your takeaway? McDaniels made the right choice to go to go to the kid yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, what stood out to me in that regard is, you know, Derek Carr in year nine, uh, we, we see what he is, right? And so with a guy who had made his first start in this offense, he was every bit as good as Carr, if not better. And that's the problem, right? I mean, if you got a guy in year nine uh, who's kind of limit, limited uh, with his abilities right there, operating in the pocket, the pocket awareness, when to step up, when to help out your offensive line, how to create throwing lanes, all this stuff, manipulating defenses, everything, right? Scramble drill. Uh, if you're limited with that, you can't evolve. Uh, but you saw a young player in Stidham be able to do all those with his first start uh, within his offense, and it was explosive. Uh, so uh, I, I think the change was necessary, and and good on Josh McDaniels for for understanding that and and not being afraid of doing something like that. Mike, I I was impressed with. I know there was a lot of rhetoric on the worldwide leader and other places that you know this that the, the locker room's divided. Nobody, you know, everybody's in favor of Carr. He's a top twelve quarterback in the league. I thought their effort, they took their effort up with other lots. I thought they played probably their best, well, they did play their best game offensively. And for who they had on the field defensively, you know, that, that I don't know if they could play any better than that. I mean, they're playing, they're playing with a lot of guys who probably aren't going to be on the roster next year. So uh, speak to that as a player. Yeah, the, the challenge, Michael, you, you know, you're, you're facing uh, the 49ers. Uh, and the best team, the best roster in the National Football League, perhaps uh, the representative in the NFC in terms of the Super Bowl. A lot of people would believe that now. Uh, but then also, you know, the Raiders are unique this way. They have a unique culture. Uh, and I'm talking about the legendary players and uh, the Battle of the Bay. Uh, it, it resonates with them. Right. And, and I think uh, those type of people in the locker room uh, or around the players can be influential. Uh, meaning that this game means a little bit more than just another football game. And so the effort on top of that, I think Josh McDaniels and his coaching staff has preached all year uh, in terms about earning it, right? Uh, I love the fact that uh, over the, over time, uh, what separated the Patriots, uh, and I don't know if it's a Patriot way or not, uh, but they just had a bunch of disciplined, passionate overachievers. Uh, and you can be great and still overachieve and, and the Patriots repeated that year in and year out. So uh, to see something like that materialize or see something like that be be uh, born out here in Las Vegas with this franchise, I, I mean, that would be refreshing too. So uh, you're right. I, I just saw a lot of guys 
uh, keeping that passion alive and, and certainly playing a game as if it was still important to him. Hey, Michael, I read the same report. So you're telling me, Devontae Adams, who apparently was BFFs with Derek Carr, you're telling me there wasn't synergy with Jarrett Stidham? Seven receptions, 153, and an average of 22 and two touchdowns? Come on, get out of here. They, they, that team yeah, was I mean, ready it, to go with Stidham. And then, you know, Adams, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not trying to say that, that Adams wanted Stidham over. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, look, that the players watch the same tape we all do. Now, some t- yeah. some people don't watch the tape, but they saw guys open that weren't getting the football. And and maybe it is that Carr just wasn't comfortable in this offense because we saw Carr play better in the other offense. But in this offense, there's a lot to do with the line of scrimmage, and there's a lot of responsibility. And Stidham, you know, I think people forget, Stidham was a top recruit coming out of high school. He was a five-star recruit out of Stephenville, Texas. He goes to Alabama, Auburn to play with Uncle Gussie. That's a huge recruit for Auburn. And after – watching Gussie's offense he's like no then he goes and goes with Art Bryles and plays well at the Baylor in in that offense there and when he got to New England there was a lot of people including Josh McDaniels that felt like hey this we might have hit something here a young quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo we might have found another Jimmy Garoppolo but then he got hurt and remember when Brady left he was hurt and then that's when they brought Cam in and he never really got better but yesterday he showed the skills that was on tape when he was coming out of Baylor do you remember the Mike Mike Pritchard? Do you remember the write-ups on you coming out of high school? The stars. Do you remember <laughs> what they were saying about a young Mike Pritchard coming out of high school? Um, man, I, I know I was. I know I was an All-American, Gatorade All-American. Um, I got recruited by everybody, Patrick. Uh, and, and then <laughs> you know Tony Dorsett wrote me a letter, so that's why I took a trip to Pitt. Uh, so I was doing okay, I think, for myself in terms of going out of high school. I don't, I don't even know if there was a rating agency back then like there is now, uh, because they start them early, right? The the whole NIL stuff that you got, uh, to be rated, to have a star next to your name. I mean, that's everything now. But um, yeah, I, I I can't recall uh, what people were saying. I was a running back anyway. Well, yeah, you know I, what's I knew, well, he had go ahead, pa- go Patrick. Ahead, he Al Davis would walk into the draft room. And he would come into the draft room, and he always had – well, he didn't carry it. He always had somebody carrying, like, two bags with him. And in, in one of the bags was his draft notes, like all the, what we call the long sheets. I have them back over here from every draft. And they, they're basically every player's statistical information on them. And then in another pile, he had every Parade All-American magazine that you could have. And so when you're a high school kid – like Mike was back then without these star services, that making that parade all American was like huge. Like that was, you were really something. And we live by that. If you were a parade all American, like that's how we drafted Ronald Curry in the seventh round. He was a parade all American, two sports star in North Carolina. Oh, we'll make him a receiver. We'll draft him, you know, and he was a quarterback and played on the North Carolina basketball, but he was, he had pedigree. The point here is he had pedigree. And what Al was always a believer in was what he would make me give him every four weeks because he didn't believe in computers is he wanted me to give him how many first, second, and third round picks were on the team. Now, that didn't mean we had to draft them. That meant how many total first, second, and third round picks did we accumulate? And he always wanted to be above 32. Like, he wasn't interested in finding the next Kurt Warner. He was interested in finding Jim Pluckett. A guy that was a first-round pick that was a bust that he turned around. 
That is, and Curry was he he was right about him as well. But watch yeah. this. Hey, Pritch, do you remember your senior year there in North Las Vegas? Do you remember your numbers as you were headed to college coming out that senior um, year? What'd you What'd you do your senior year? I was a running back, uh, Patrick. I I don't recall what my numbers were. See, always all. humble, always yeah. humble. No, I, I don't. I guess my 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 um, confidence boost, if you will, in terms of coming out of high school and what everything meant to me was when we finally won a national championship, obviously my senior year. Uh, and I had a conversation with Bill McCartney years later. Uh, and, and he says to me, like, I still don't understand how we got you uh, to Colorado. And then on top of that, he said, we don't win a national championship if we don't have. Uh, and obviously I was the MVP of that team. And so that meant anything and everything. So it's like, what stars did I have next to my name? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, when the great Bill McCartney says something like that to you. Well, how about, how about, I don't think kids realize Tony Dorsett, Michael, like how about the fact that yeah, Tony yeah. Dorsett wrote Mike Pritchard a letter, like Tony <laughs> Dorsett back in the day, like it could, it does not get any bigger than that. Yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's a great recruiting tool, right? A handwritten letter, yeah. not, not, didn't email him. He hand wrote a letter, which is well, something that I think we don't it. do enough of. Yeah. yeah, he signed it. It was type. He signed it, but it had the Dallas Cowboy, the the boots and uh, the cowboy letterhead and all that stuff. So I still have. Let's that. be I fair. Bring that up. You were never, you were never going to play college football at Pitt. A long lineage of great players went through Pitt, but you were never going to the cold to play college football there. You know what? I took a trip. Uh, I saw, you know, Pitt. Uh, I saw the facility. Ironhead was my host, uh, and I had a great time. <laughs> I had a great. Cam time. Hayward was your host. Yes, Ironhead. Yep. Ironhead. Yep. Uh, and uh, so. Uh, it was a great experience. It really was. The, the culture and history of that school, obviously, I mean, I, I was impressive. But that was on the East Coast away from family. Yeah, I, I, I took a trip, uh, a good faith trip out there, all because of uh, TD. Okay. Well, it's a family show, Pritch, so take it easy over there. It's a family I, I did, show. I did, I did. We're going to come back with Pritch's point. I, I love getting behind the scenes on that stuff and All-American coming out. What's What What was the high school? Was it Rancho in North, North Rancho. Las Vegas? Yep, yeah, yep. Couldn't beat awesome. Bishop Gorman. Couldn't beat the, those guys with all the money. <laughs> Couldn't beat Bishop Gorman. And, of course, uh, Pritch, is, Pritch went to Colorado where Christmas came early as Dion. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Dion, no surprise, is cleaning up with the transfer portal and cleaning up early with recruiting Pritch. So that's no surprise there, right? No, no surprise. It's funny how you can find NIL money when you want to. <laughs> that's what we're when doing you, at Colorado when, right now. When you have a personality like Dion, you can find whatever you want to find. Absolutely. When we come back, Pritch's point, he's got a great point about some of these young teams as they head into the postseason. Then we'll get both Michael and Mike's take on Monday Night Football in Cincy. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my there's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh new redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Also, if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Reward points that you can use towards dining shows, hotel rooms, airfare. It's all there. It's the best loyalty program in the game. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM.com, 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 years or older. I could listen to Mike Pritchard talk about stories from Vegas all day. The pride of North Las Vegas. Mike Pritchard joins us here on the Lombardi Line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. So we, of course, have a marquee matchup tonight on Monday Night Football with the Bills at Cincy. Where's that number, Michael? Is it still two and a half everywhere? Yeah, I'm seeing two and a halfs everywhere across here. You know, as it goes through and... You know, it, it's it, and I've got a line predictor on mine that says it could go to three, so with mm-hmm. with ninety percent certainty. So if you if you like the if you want to wait, it won't not stay three very long, and th- that'll get scooped up quickly. We'll get both uh, Pritch's and Michael Lombardi's take on that one as we say goodbye here on the Lombardi line, but plenty of time. Let's get to Pritch's point for today. And today you said 
Look, my takeaway from week 17, the NFL is a young man's game and it's a get better league. Week 17 played out that way. The Jags, the Steelers, the Packers, the Giants, a few examples. Run with that, Pritch. Well, absolutely. I mean, we just talked about Derek Carr and and, uh, Jared Stidham, right? I mean, uh, the chances of getting better as a younger player are there uh, and and it's coachable. Uh, when you're an older veteran and you're pretty much set in your ways and you're no longer coachable, you, you hit a ceiling. Uh, so you think about the Jags. They were a constant reminder to me this year uh, about the get better nature, uh, get better league nature of the National Football League. And then also it's a young man's game. I mean, Cincinnati, great example last year as they got hot uh, and went on to the Super Bowl. The talent coming into the league, you can't deny it. I mean, it's, it's spread out across the league. But who can get their players to get better at the same time, more consistent and have a chance that way. And and I think when you have young rosters, uh, you have a chance for that to happen. The Dallas Cowboys developing into a a dynasty, the 49ers uh, developing into a dynasty with key players able to uh, sustain that continuity and consistency. So uh, yeah, I mentioned the Jags. Uh, I mean, the Packers with the youth movement that they uh, went through and and now it's starting to look the part. Um, you look at the Giants too. The, the buy-in from Dayball uh, is incredible uh, with that roster right now. Uh, and they're not even a, a complete roster. I mean, the Steelers and what we're seeing out of Pickett. I mean, just the growth and, and certainly that aspect of it as betters, if you can start to identify Uh, angles that way I think that can help out your bankroll you know Mike I want to pick up on what you said because it's so true coaches typically are only thinking about next week personnel guys are always thinking about next year and there's somewhere in a balance in between on player development to me if somebody said what was the secret sauce in New England I'd say player development the team got better as the year went along and I would say that's not happening in New England. But where it is happening, and I and I have been very critical of the coach, but it is happening in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. They are getting better. And you could see their defense improving. You could see the defensive line starting to play better. The offensive line, which has been hampered with injuries all season, right? They lose Slater. Pipkins has been hurt quite a bit. Lindsey's been out for games. They're starting to get better in the offensive line. And this quarterback – is as talented as anybody. I don't think, you know, that they're a kind of a team, unless they go play in cold weather, but I think Herbert can play well. I don't think they're a team anybody wants to see. Everybody talking about fear in Green Bay. I think the team you want to stay away from is the Chargers, based on how they've been playing defensively. Defensively is where I think they've really picked up their game. And getting Bosa back, Pritch. Take take up on Michael's point there with the Chargers and the quarterbacks just – in, incredible, but Bosa coming back a little jolt for that defense as well. A big jolt, you know, Dervin James uh, off of a concussion, certainly getting him back. Uh, uh, and what you're seeing to play out with the chargers is the mindset shift. Uh, I think a more physical mindset, uh, certainly running the football. Now they've skewed it. Uh, and, and, you know, when you have a guy like Justin Herbert, I get it. Like they're right below um, Tampa Bay in terms of pass run ratio. Uh, right. And so they've skewed it heavily towards the pass. But in the last few weeks, they've gotten to the running game. In the last few weeks, they've gotten to Austin Eckler in the fourth quarter being very, very fresh. Uh, and then also the, the presence defensively, getting Bosa back uh, uh, and having those bookends up front to get after the passer to create those panic situations too uh, offensively. I mean, that that is tremendous. So uh, it is coming together for the Chargers. Uh, I totally agree with uh, Michael right there. And the Chargers potentially with that five seed. So there's plenty to play for as far as the Chargers are concerned. Also, 
Michael, we should we should give credit to the Jags as well. Remember, Houston was competitive leading mm-hmm. into that game, and the Jags went in there and took care of business when they really didn't have to. A, a big-time win for the Jags on the road there. Yeah, they dominated from the first start. You could see they're, they're, playing at a, they're playing confidently. They're playing at a different level. And when they get going with their running game, when, they're, when they have balance in what they're doing and take the pressure off the quarterback having to make every single throw, you know, I, I think they've done a really good job. That was the best defense that they played. Now, they played good defense against Houston before, but they gave up 13 points and lost. This was a game where Lawrence played, you know, he did throw an interception in the game, but they ran it 29 times for 170 yards. I think that that was the key. They kind of decided to play a game against the defense as opposed to play their offense. And Pritch, you have to be a little concerned. Michael and I both agreed, maybe the biggest disappointment from yesterday, we hadn't seen that type of sloppy, odd performance from the Eagles like we did yesterday hosting New Orleans. Yeah, that was uh, shocking. I mean, I don't know if the pressure is getting to them, uh, you know, uh, from an execution standpoint. I do know their offense is different, though. Like, they just have a different player uh, at quarterback. And so they can't get the six. You know, Michael talks about all, all the time playing with six eligibles and uh, you're taking away a lot of production uh, in that regard that added to the balance that were the Eagles for so many weeks uh, in the National Football League. But what was shocking, though, was the defense, though. And I know the injuries are starting to add up, too. You know, Lane Johnson, people like that, important players, uh, the wrong time for those important players to get banged up right now. Yeah, and, and that offensive line, you know, they missed Lane John. They did not play well. Right. False starts, right. holding penalties. You know, they, they, they couldn't get into a rhythm, and Minshew didn't play well, and, you know, they weren't able to really get going. And, and I think, to me, when the defense doesn't play, even though they had, what, four sacks in the game, I mean, I think really New Orleans felt like the longer the game was going to go, the Philly wasn't going to make a play on them. They made the one play on the deep throw where the corner kind of got off balance. But other than that, they weren't doing it. They were not going to be consistent moving the football. Yeah. Okay, boys, let's get to it. The Bills have won six straight since he's the hottest team in football, Pritch. They've won seven straight. They've covered in all seven. They've got an amazing streak going where they're 12-1 and one ATS their past 13. Uh, just playing awesome. And, you know, you can point to it as disrespect if you want, if you're the Bengals, because here comes Buffalo, and you're catching points at home. It's two and a half. Circa's juiced up the 120, like Michael said. Potentially could see a three. My guess oh. is if we hit three, there'd be buyback quickly. I want to jump jump on your groan there. What what, it, what about that number? What makes you groan? <laughs> well, because I already laid the one with the Buffalo Bills, and I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, and then uh, I'm coming off a week in which I laid it with the, the Packers, and then I had a teaser with Carolina and the Steelers. So I'm great, right? Uh, but uh, playing the Bills, uh, and now you know I don't want to get greedy here, but if the three pops up, do I do I want to look at something Find else a there? So right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, you can find so, a middle. I know, I know, it's intriguing, but I'm, I'm going to wait. Uh, I'm not. Gonna, I, I think Buffalo. See, here's the thing about like levels. You know, at least for chasing a championship, and, and that's been a mission for Buffalo all year. Uh, mission one accomplished, winning the division. Okay, mission two, get home field advantage if you can. Uh, and so you're focused on that. And it's one of the best teams uh, in the National Football League from uh, points against and defensively. And I know Cincinnati's right there too. And then offensively. Uh, Michael just talked about that. They're more balanced. They're 58-42 pass run ratio and and the emergence of the running game, in addition to what Josh Allen can do, that's going to be a lot to defend uh, in my uh, estimation there for Cincinnati. 
I, I think that's the problem you get into. I think if this is three, I'm taking Cincy. I said on my pod I would take Buffalo at the two and, I, and lay the – you know, I, I would love to take the dog at home, and I love Cincinnati. I just think at the end of the day, Cincinnati's offensive line with Collins over there at right tackle, they haven't run the ball. If I, you tell me Zach Taylor's committed to running the ball and they're going to slow the pace down – I like it. I love Burrow, but in a game like this, this is when, to me, Josh Allen takes his game to another level. You're comfortable laying the two and a half, Michael? Yeah, I mean, I have to, right? If I'm going to take Buffalo, I can't do it. I can't invent a number. You know, I can't just take one out of the hat, right? (laughs) (laughs) How about that total of 50 and a half? Are you expecting fireworks I think it goes over. I think it's going to go over. Weather's too good. I mean, we so, we saw yesterday a lot of long field goals being made. Philly made a 54-yarder. You know, in December, you don't make those long kicks. It's too cold. I think we'll see the number go over. I'm surprised it's at 50. Pritch, fireworks tonight, 50 and a half the total? I hope so. I, it, it profiles that way. I mean, you got these two gunslingers. Why, why would you throttle it down? Okay. Mike Pritchard, thank you. Have a great day. Michael thank you, Lombardi. Mike. Enjoy the awesome game job. Remember, you, Happy New Year, Patrick. Happy New Year to you too as well. Push back 15 minutes tonight for kick time. Again, Big Bets is next here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.